0: Welcome to Not Quite Great Books, a TV podcast. I am one of your hosts, John McMahon. Joining me on the other line is my co-host, just back from a wholesome family dinner at the neighbor's where there is no innuendo about secrets, it's Danielle Hanley.
1: <laughs> Hi, John. And joining us on the other, other lines, back from their travel agent convention, and here with all of their reads and secrets, it's my three sisters, Caitlin, Becky, and Tori. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Um, I'm Caitlin. I am
2: a
3: speech-language pathologist. I'm Becky. I'm the fourth child and <laughs> chief of staff for a health tech company.
1: And I am Tori. I am the youngest, and I'm an environmental specialist. I feel like it's very telling that Caitlin didn't feel the need to be like, this is my position,
0: and the two of <laughs> you were like, we have to carve out our spaces.
1: <laughs> I mean, as I'm, very I'm much an only me. child. It's very much my personality.
0: Did do birth order as an icebreaker at the last meeting that I was needed an icebreaker, so I'm here for it.
1: Also introduce me as this is Tori, my littlest sister. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't say the littlest in conversation. I usually say the youngest.
3: <laughs> but we never That's say amazing. you're the baby. No, I would <laughs> never call you the baby. Because <laughs> because I think I act more like a baby than you do. One million that percent thing is virtual. I've been That's to a, therapy
1: I
4: was right going to say, it's not a therapy session.
0: <laughs> it's not not a therapy session. <laughs>
1: um, well, we are actually here to talk about another episode of The Americans.
0: Imagine that.
1: But there will be some, you know, therapizing and also just like general Hanley family reads happening yeah. here.
0: There's a well, there's a whole segment just for this episode where we're going to ask Danielle sisters to tell mm, questionable stories about her to our listeners.
1: I can't wait. <laughs> I'm I'm ready.
0: <laughs> well, so then everyone is ready. Talking notes. about, <laughs> we're very impressed. Uh, we're talking about American season one, episode eight, mutually assured destruction, directed by Bill Johnson and written by Joel Fields and Joe Weisberg. And I think Danielle has the IMDb summary for us.
1: Yeah. So the IMDb summary for episode eight is Philip and Elizabeth must stop an assassin from taking out key U.S. Scientists, while Stan and the FBI hunt the same man, Granny shocks Elizabeth with the truth of what happened between Philip and Arena in a new, in New York.
0: All right, so Danielle, what was like something that stood out to you about this episode? I think
1: like one of the things that jumped out at me was just like the. The prevalence of Nina and Stan in this episode, I feel like this is the first episode where we've gotten them together multiple times, and it just feels like the stakes there are are heightening. So maybe that's like a place for us to start thinking about just like general themes of the episode.
0: Yeah. so and any of the Hanley sisters, what was kind of your read of the Nina Stan situation in this episode?
2: Becky? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pass it to Caitlin.
1: All of, all, of the, all of the sisters may or may not have finished
0: the episode. Two, two out three is, I was three, just like really I
3: what I have a long staff. of real She's a chief of staff Yeah. I have a long stack of a of
0: also,
2: yeah. <laughs> I a long But of know, I know. I know what
3: happened.
2: Yeah. She's having um, the vibes. Yeah.
0: No ambition, just fives. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I have seen all of the Americans.
0: The, so Kaylin's perfectly so, positioned. More Sorry than Daniel. <laughs> <question. laughs> more um, than Danielle, that's very true.
2: Um, I feel like in this you get a little bit more of Stan and how like he's not like just a good guy, like just the FBI good guy. Like he is having an affair with a <laughs> Um, you know, with a Russian, and I feel like I don't know Nina's character. Um, like you also get a little bit more of her depth. Um, in this episode,
1: I did not know. I did not know that Stan was supposed to be portrayed as a good guy. (laughs) From only watching this episode, I have a note that says i feel like nina can do better than this man (laughs) (laughs) and i don't quite understand her infatuation with him while he seems a little bit more reluctant in this like relationship
2: ah tori doesn't know why nina no
1: i have no background right yeah. So like, I actually feel like that is, that's like a helpful perspective, right? Because just like taking this episode at face value, it's like, what are these people doing together? So like, the thing that they're doing together is, is basically like, Nina is a, is like a Russian asset that Stan is running inside, inside the embassy. But it sort of comes, but then over the last few episodes, we've like seen him become infatuated with her. So like, some point the second time they meet in this episode right like he and he like talks to her in russian when she enters the apartment so we've like seen stan learning russian to be able to talk to her like he's but, like but should okay. you
2: but should you give background on why nina even knows stan go ahead he catches her right sending money or stuff back home to russia And I forget, and then she kind of, like, agrees to be his asset so that he doesn't turn her in. Is that, yeah?
0: Yeah,
1: he, like, coerces her into it, right? John, do you want to add?
0: Yeah, I mean, and thus it's, like, it's. I think the question of is Stan supposed to be a good guy here? Because clearly he's not, and clearly he is, in fact, arguably, like, on the interpersonal level, much more... Nina has much more power over Stan on an interpersonal level while Stan has the power over Nina in an institutional and like legal and spying FBI way. And like the interplay between those two dynamics is so fascinating because like I think We're supposed to ask whether or not Nina has any genuine affection whatsoever for Stan, who as you all correctly pointed out before we started recording, is not the most attractive (laughs) character on The Americans, (laughs) to say the least. uh, And is like a jerk and is clueless, right? He's like, oh, I know and understand everything that's going on in this episode in response to like this read that Nina gives of him. Um, And Stan clearly does not understand what is happening. And so like, A, how much Nina actually likes Stan or has any sort of kind of romantic desire for stan versus this is a position of limited agency and she's been coerced and this is how she's trying to like take some control back and then B, like whether stan has any sense of how much he has fucked this up are both very real questions i think
1: yeah and i think that like whether stan has any sense of how much he fucked this up is like that seems to me the thing that we're we're go- we're like gonna get after a little bit, right? We get a suggestion of this in the last episode that's on the previously on where um, where Gad, who's Stan's boss at the FBI, is like seems to clearly know that that like Stan is. In some way into Nina, even if he doesn't say it outright. And then, like, when they're talking about, oh, we got you an apartment, right? Like, we get that. We sort of get that again. Um, but then
0: why does Gad actually get him the safe house? Like, what huh. what is his motivation there?
1: I mean, I do think that, like, Nina is a valuable asset, right, to the FBI. Like, she is, like, pretty close to the higher-ups in the... Oh no! I always forget the name of this—the residentura.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: Uh, <laughs> I told Becky that in the beginning.
3: <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Might not have talked to that part of the episode. <laughs> I watched the beat. I watched the opening. She didn't even get to see a picture of Stan. No, but Tori <laughs> gave a good description. Apparently, he's very blonde True. and an adult man. <laughs> <laughs> and, Good and, job, he has, and he has and he has like a facial
2: twitch that I believe he like practiced for the show, oh really,
1: yeah, wow. <laughs> More um,
0: than Daniel and I podcasting <laughs> about the Americans knew in this particular Caitlin's instance, a real bringer. So.
1: I feel like Caitlin... Uh,
2: I've listened to a different podcast about the Americans.
0: Oh, well, we have we <laughs> no competitors here. Well, we should also let the, the audience know that low-key, the three sisters are competing for which one gets a future solo episode. <laughs> so we all know
3: it's me, Rebecca, because I'm the true star of the family. <laughs> didn't watch the episode you didn't this didn't watch is because about, I don't need to, don't need to. Yeah. I'm so good I don't need to <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna piggyback Caitlin off gave trailer. me the rundown <laughs> I know the show now <laughs> I can participate I wish I got a rundown
1: I was over here just drowning and not even knowing what this show is about <laughs> I moved we, to New York that's on me <laughs> We're <laughs> looking up no background. Content. No one's trying to make me move to New York, but like you guys are really trying to make Tory move to New York. Yeah. I'm not feeling great You're about. You're not this.
2: watching shows. You're listening to podcasts about shows. <laughs> yeah, you
4: not watching the shit.
1: It doesn't fit. I would, great, I would be a great. I would be a
3: great partner to watch all of the Real Housewives with. Oh, I mean, mm. the only rule everyone knows the rule. If I get to New Jersey, something's wrong. off me. <laughs>
1: Rebecca is like Becky what season of of what Real Housewives are you on right now
3: so I've already watched all of New York and all of Beverly Hills I mean I've seen them obviously but I've re-watched them um and now I'm in the last season which I don't remember what number that is of Orange County and that show really takes a Total down. There are spiral. like at least 16 seasons of Orange County. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm really contemplating going back through New York again. It's on the docket. But then I saw on Hulu they have The Kardashians, and I might go there.
0: One of that the feels- dramatic tensions of our time right now is that Danielle and I don't know what show each of our three guests is going to pitch to us to watch, <laughs> but we're getting some clues.
1: I, I mean, I would put good sure. money on. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would put good money on Becky picking one of the Real
3: Housewives. I'm no, not I think sure I'm going to go wild. I'm going to go wild. She's going to go. Wrong. Wrong. You got
0: to prove Daniel wrong. I think is the. Is the, is the, is the <laughs> I mean,
1: it's really a whole like calling like the vocation. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the Americans. So, Kate, you had brought up when we were talking a little bit before this, like. Um, something that Nina had said in conversation with Stan about like police and FBI. And so we thought that that would also be like something worth like digging into a little bit. So do you want to explain what you, what you thought and what you heard? And then we can sort of dig in there.
2: Yeah. So she makes a comment to Stan, like, like, your FBI kind of like you're a cop at heart, right? Like that's that's what you are and and that you'll never understand a spy. Um, and I feel like that's true. And she asks, what do you want to do with them? You want to put them in jail? Like like that's the and I feel like I mean I don't know because I'm not a spy, but I feel like a spy's
1: <laughs> mentality. You've read a lot is, of spy books. <laughs> Like I could
2: be in, in the CAA. Masada. you don't even know um <laughs> that but the like a, i feel like a spy's kind of like take on the world is like they are a player in this like bigger global um thing, and like they're not they don't care if they go to jail like that's not like okay, so you put me in jail, it's like I'm trying to like save the world or or not, if
1: you're a Russian spy, maybe <laughs> it's like Im- like the immediate consequences versus like the long game. Whereas like it's yeah, like-, like
2: they've like the I mean in the show, but also like it's like obviously a take on, on like the real 80s and the KGB here. But like Elizabeth and Philip have been living in America to establish this entire life. Like they're not, you know, it's like. They've also they're illegals, so they agreed that like, like that's it. They have no backing from their government. It's just they're here to like do this job and play this role in this kind of global struggle between the U.S. and and Russia or you know the West and the East. But and like stands like you know just trying to like put handcuffs on them.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: But he thinks he's doing something much more complex and thinks he understands the more complex thing that he's doing, right? And Nina's pointing out that, like, she understands the situation more than Stan does because Stan keeps – false promising her that like they're going to exfiltrate her and like get her out and all of that and nina clearly knows more than stan knows that that's never going to happen and like this conversation i think to your point is like the best example of that
1: well yeah and also that like that nina the thing that nina knows that stan either refuses to know or doesn't know is that stan doesn't actually have any power to do any of this right that it's like She says, like, your boss is never going to let me out unless I, like, prove myself worthy, right? And so Nina knows that Stan's not actually holding the reins, and I don't think that Stan... Stan's definitely not willing to admit that he has no power in this situation.
2: And also probably that, like, Nina's... I'm sure there's a little bit of, like, if I leave... Because she is kind of part of the Residentura, right? So, like, she's a known... Russian person living in America like I mean if if she defects essentially then like she's gonna be killed by an illegal (laughs) you know like they're like that it's not like it's like she right that there is no assured like escape from this
0: especially after she gets promoted in this episode and shares that with Stan
1: (laughs) right Tor any hot takes over there This is just like, all of this discussion is just more backing that Nina can do better than Stan. (laughs) There's like, other than the legal context that he captured her, which I now know, uh, she can do way better than him. And he has no business being with her.
0: Correct. And we have a a agreement from either Winston or Fitz. I'm not sure.
3: Definitely Winston. (laughs) I I also watched the episode. (laughs) Also more than than
0: that. Okay. So something else that, that John and I were talking, can I make one more Nina point? Oh yeah, go ahead. She gives one of the most dramatic lines ever when she says, how are you going to feel when you see my dead body? right to mm. stand, just like they're hanging out like sitting in the kitchen of this like kind of grody safe house and like just like you're going to see my dead body and how do you feel
1: I believe yeah. she's sitting on him like <laughs> and, you you're, know, right, you're right you're so, right correct uh,
0: correct yeah I forget if they had made it to the bed at that point or not but I think you're right
1: the yeah. twin
3: bed <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of feelings
1: about the furniture in this apartment
3: but that's weird she- from you <laughs> <laughs>
4: Like huh
3: Please go on tell us of, please judge this apartment with their furniture How long did you sleep on the mattress on the floor like 5 months I blame
1: dad
2: <laughs> I mean Becky used her her terms to get herself I'm- a table and a bench in and- like record
3: time. I'm a businesswoman.
1: <laughs> You're sitting on the bench now?
2: Yeah, yeah. we are.
3: Look <laughs> at that. One my moment. dad <laughs> built
1: Becky a table. Much like my dad built me a bed, um, built Becky a table. And then there was like a lot of back and forth. My dad's like, what about stools? And we were all like, no stools.
3: And, and I was what like, happened, no. what happened was I gave my dad a picture of a West down table. And I said, can you make this for me? And can you do it soon? And if not, I'll just buy it. And my dad said, "I can do it. Don't buy it." And then we went back and forth with some creative decisions he wanted to make. And I said, "Just make the table, or I'll buy it." Like we don't know. And then he was like, "I think you want stools," and I shut that down. I said, "A bench. Just make the table." With how I said, I want the table made. So. But then you got to you gotta lay down terms or else they get beds in five months. That's insane. What's also insane is that you didn't just buy like an Amazon frame in the meantime and you just like slept on the... But
1: then floor. I would have had to bring it up all the stairs. Caitlin has been here. There are a lot of stairs to this apartment. <laughs> It's very true. There are a lot of stairs. I feel like that's maybe not solely the reason that is merely a a consequence of it. That was not the stairs for another reason. You didn't buy a bed frame. No, I didn't buy a bed frame because I'm cheap. Yes. Correct. Direct. Can you tell us about your thoughts okay. on this interior design of this baby? <laughs> yeah. First of all, I was like, there is furniture.
3: <laughs> Great. At at that. That was, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. So you were more shocked that they had just moved in and there was already furniture. Wow. Okay, that makes more sense. There you go. That makes but, more sense. But then I was like, if Gad
1: set this up for Stan and Nina and got them a twin bed? Like, that seems crazy. <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking that this was a known fed safe house and that he was just giving him the keys to it.
0: Oh. I didn't I think, think that's, that, it was, that think that's, the, that's, him, the, that's was the interpretation. Like,
3: you get this one. Sorry, there's a twin Is that how house safe house houses work? Like, they only have one? Like, I don't
0: no, know. No, I think
1: that the federal government has, like, safe houses and they're not just acquiring <laughs> them for this guy and his lover.
0: They did not yeah. like go to the old the classified ads, not to Craigslist, and yeah. be like, call up <laughs> Zillow. some sketchy landlord. <laughs> Zillow, <that's laughs>
1: <it's Zillow's. house. laughs> uh, I hate Zillow is how I ended up here fighting with the contractor about the fire alarm.
0: We can't allow Danielle to continue down that path. So we're no, gonna we're gonna make on. the seg we're yeah. gonna make the segue that Danielle tried to make several minutes ago before I stopped her.
1: Amazing. Okay, so uh, something else that we were that we were sort of interested in talking about and that John and I have talked about on a couple of other episodes is like marriage as an analogy for nationalism and spying and this like i think works for us to think a little bit about philip and elizabeth's marriage but i think it also works for us to think about stan and sandy who's stan's wife's marriage um so yeah just like thinking about marriage spying and nationalism all together what have you guys talked about that is the analogy like where
2: do you what's your like previous take on that.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think like one of the things that we have come back to over and over again is like there's a really interesting interplay with Philip and Elizabeth where there is this sort of like, are they like, are they here for the mission? Are they married to each like is their marriage real? What is the interplay between like being here for the mission, being here to like sabotage the US or whatever their specific like mission is, versus like the relationship that they have with each other. And I think in this episode, we see like that it's, it's probably like some of the most frayed that we've between those that we've seen in at least in the last like four episodes.
2: Yeah. I feel like this was an episode like I think, or maybe the previous episode, but like Elizabeth, which was surprising to me in the very beginning, but she's always been like a little bit more like, cold I feel like and for the like mission like we're here for the mission and then she kind of like softens a bit and agrees to kind of have this like marriage and actually like try and then you see in this episode she finds out that he lied to her and then she just shuts it back off and then then it's like oh no now we are just here for the mission and you can and I feel like that was you know Elizabeth in 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 the previous episodes of the show, but has always been the, like a, like a little bit crueler, a little bit like a little bit less into the Western culture. She's like you know definitely. Um, I feel like in my mind I describe her like more KGB than Philip. Um, but she has like a moment where she softens and she agrees to like oh yeah like maybe we maybe we should have this marriage like maybe we do like each other. And then he like
1: ruins it. (laughs) Wait, but then what does that mean for in like their last scene together when he's discussing like in this modern age, modern age, people (laughs) get separated and like, you don't have to be married to me, like whatnot. Like I, what does that mean? Because if he's the one that's always been more towards the love relationship of them, that feels like him turning cold. Yeah, I mean, I see that as him like realizing that he messed up because like he lied to her, and like he, 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 I think realizes that like he made a misstep and that like maybe, maybe there isn't a way back. So, like in the 80s, like you could get divorced or separated, but like in the, you know, in the sixties when they got there like that, they needed each other for the cover, but maybe they don't need each other for the same cover anymore. Okay. That does and
0: it. I think the the path that they take is really fascinating to me because yes, like Elizabeth is very into it at the beginning. She talks with Claudia and we'll get to the Claudia of it all in a minute, I think. And then all of a sudden she's out while Philip is still in, in the context of them having this like very jokey, flirty opening between the two of them um and then they continue joking when philip gets back and he says you know were you drinking me in and i'm like this is not the best line you've ever had philip um
1: we'll have (laughs) (laughs) stories out (laughs) (laughs) do you want
0: to do you want to share your comparison for for matthew reese slash philip uh any comparison to other actors of our age
1: yeah so uh Given no context and not knowing <laughs> who this man was other than this specific episode, uh, I could not relate, I could not refer to him as his character name. So I was referring to him as Dollar Store Zach Braff. And I just feel like Dollar Store Zach Braff had some interesting ways to phrase things. Like, are you just drinking me in? No, she's very clearly upset with you. Like, she's very clearly not giving off that vibe right now. I think he also goes on to say when he first met her that he was shocked by how pretty she was or relieved. And that is also not (laughs) <laughs> what anyone wants to hear nor is it how you should <laughs> talk to a woman <laughs> I guess it is the 80s I mean I was, then the 80s were wild <laughs> we obviously got mention of racquetball but one of John's favorite things is like is the playing of racquetball in, the, in these episodes
0: as if that's only a thing that I'm interested oh, in no. the Americans and not something my co-host shares with me
1: Oh, super <laughs> also very into it um, but why? I was why? Why, are, why are we into that <laughs>
3: Was racket big in the 80s?
0: 80s. racquetball Um, was big in the 80s. I we think we don't know for sure. You know what's big in
3: the 2020s? Pickleball. Pickleball. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody (laughs) will play pickleball with me.
1: However, pickleball feels like it has 80s energy. I agree. So I could be convinced that it was also like racquetball. I also agree.
0: Dad is super into pickleball. So, Becky, if you ever find your way to Denver, Colorado, you know. That's where they got the dogs.
3: That is where my, that's where (laughs) where Winston's from. And Fitz. And Fitz. And Fitz. (laughs) Becky, you
1: literally went to get Fitz. I did.
3: I did. did. (laughs) The exact same place you went to get Winston. Yeah. (laughs) I just feel like the racquetball, was racquetball huge in the 80s is that is that
1: yeah there are all these like racquetball clubs in New York City who does dad used to play racquetball like with all the guys from the synagogue like in the mornings why because mm-hmm. it's like a thing that people did
0: it's like the it's the brewy form of bonding right where you get to like exercise your uh, competition and masculine Isn't racquetball it's where silly. you're just like
3: literally hitting it out the wall and then you move out of the way they played in that one uh episode of Gilmore oh. Girls and Lauren Graham <laughs> in hitting face. Cool. They also play it in Inventing Anna.
1: You didn't yeah, watch it. it. Very, I have like, yet to watch like Inventing Anna. Oh, you well, it watched it. It does that. feel rich. It feels like it feels like more exclusive tennis. Yeah.
0: Which is already I exclusive. Think so. I think it's
1: like <laughs> but lame. you need to like
2: belong to a pl- like a club that has yeah. these courts. Cuz you need like a
1: room. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Can't you just play it like on the wall of the no. building? No. That's like handball. Yeah, because the whole thing is but if like. if you it, had a racket. But
1: it bounces off <laughs> the wall. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could. No, it's not <laughs> just handball with a racket. It's just, hand not just handball yeah. with a racket. I you know what? You don't use handballs?
3: Yeah, it's the same ball. Yes, but it's balls. inside of a room. Yeah. Only because the rich people put it in a room. <laughs> Oh
0: no they were so they couldn't the close it off, yeah, <laughs> they could yeah. even they make more it exclusive <laughs> I
3: feel like it's it's like a less
1: um a less skilled version of squash. what is squash'm squash? has so explained large. the difference yeah.
0: to me and I'm they still play. unclear
3: um, I know how to play squash. we don't know i don't is, I never liked in in like gym when you had to play handball. I feel like I always you had to play pickleball ball. in gym. Yeah. I didn't. We play played hand
1: handball at recess.
3: Yeah, at recess. Yeah. We I never handball. played that. And then you would like come home with like bruises on your body. Is handball dangerous? The one where, not like me. if you catch it, you have to run to the wall,
1: right? Like if someone that else has like to get
0: dodgeball. <laughs> it. So we, in Colorado we called that wall ball. Very yeah, creative. that's wall
1: ball. The swim team in my era used to play wall ball outside before practice. Yeah, I remember time that. Time we that weren't program. on the, that swim team when we were younger, though. We were on the Y. So, like,
3: yeah, before my time. Before,
1: <laughs> before you were born. But in <laughs> Becky's time,
3: I did both. Becky was. I, I hated we swimming a so killer. much. I talked to mom about this recently. Why would you have put like the most? Like, I need to talk. I need to communicate. Put her and in you the just Sunk me in the water. <laughs> I it think you answered your own question. <laughs> I hated it. I used to pretend. Oh my god, this is so bad. You know, you would like line up for your like, or sit in the chairs for your like heat. Yeah, yeah. I used to just why'd you walk. put quotes on it? That's what it was called because <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> <true>. <laughs> And this is a podcast. Right. Nobody else knew I put quotes on
1: it. I did for the
2: Patreon.
3: Just walk away and and pretend I missed my heat because I oh hated God. swimming oh, so
0: I respect that, Mom
3: but you made our parents sit for four hours so you to not see But honestly, even if and like even if I did swim, it wasn't like I was gonna win. So. It was I'm a mess. Gonna, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I stayed with swimming for as long as I did
1: for the hand games that you played while waiting for your heat. <laughs> and the Friday night pizzas. I don't remember the And the pizza. Friday night pizzas with friends 10 years older than me. <laughs>
3: yes. I yeah. distinctly remember with with
1: my friends. <laughs> and Blue, we were in
2: Blue Blue
3: Poly- on Jericho Turnpike, and mom goes, do you want to go to swim practice? And I looked at her and go, I don't want to swim ever again. And she said, Okay. And then I stopped that and then I joined the swim team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That worked, and then I became the star of the oh family. Oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! It feels like, it feels like right, mom back to the into, Americans,
2: where yeah. she doesn't
1: know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like yeah. mom putting you into right. swim practice is your next week's therapy session, so we yeah. know what you're going to talk about now. Transitioning back to the Americans, I want to make one more point about the um the sort of like question about. Um, marriage and nationalism and spying. And then I want to move on to talk a little bit about surveillance. But the point about um, marriage and nationalism is like something that I was struck by is the way that Elizabeth seems like pretty quick to trust Claudia. And we're just coming off a couple of episodes, like a few episodes ago, Elizabeth literally like beats the shit out of Claudia, um, which they reference here. But like, you don't really see in the last episode, she still has a black eye. Claudia is Nick Miller's mom. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's how I know. Yeah. And so I, I was just struck by the fact that Elizabeth is like quick to trust what she has to say and doesn't even question that maybe she's lying to her about Philip and about Philip sleeping with Irina. Like, there was something about that that just like struck me as surprising, which I think is connected back to this discussion of like marriage, nationalism, and the mission.
0: I don't know. I agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, go go for it. No, go ahead, Tori.
1: I was going to say, I, I feel like seeing the scene in the previously where, uh, Philip does deny the affair with arena and, and he says like, it's always been you. That line feels like, very surface level and like there was not much emotion behind it. And so in this car scene with Claudia telling mm. Carrie Russell <laughs> that she, that like in fact it was an affair and, and that Philip like is lying to her. It feels like Carrie Russell al- already knew, but she was just needed the, the, oh. the confirmation. It feels like Philip's answer was already not that believable. And so. The little the smallest push really did give her the truth that she already but she
2: she does take that and then like doubles down, yeah, like then she like kind of like lets go and like engages in this like more like intimate relationship with Philip because he denies it, but you're right, I mean, she doesn't after just literally beating up granny, she then believes her (laughs) like although she does to her face accuses her of trying to kind of sabotage them a bit
0: Which is funny because Claudia both has the perfect understanding of what is happening and has no clue at the very same time because she has the understanding. She says, you know, that Elizabeth, you would throw yourself on a fire for the motherland, which is probably true. Mm -hmm. And Philip would not, probably also true. But then before that, she had said, well, you, Elizabeth, can't think the marriage is real. The men never think that way. When up until the first season, we are led to believe that it is Philip who thought the marriage was much more real than Elizabeth ever had. Right. So Claudia both understands and has no clue what's happening here emotionally when it comes to these characters. And yet, like to your point, Danielle, seems to understand uh how Elizabeth works emotionally on some level vis-a-vis like the relationship between the marriage and the spying.
1: Yeah. And that like, in order to maintain some degree or like reestablish some degree of control over, uh, over Elizabeth and therefore over Philip and Elizabeth, like she needs to reinstate the primacy of the mission over the marriage and like actually figures out the perfect way to do that is by, like, driving this wedge between them, which is prescient and just also
0: frustrating. Or is that a way to actually sabotage the m- whole mission when she thinks that it is, in fact, going to help it? So this think, is a yeah. Daniel dossier-associated I think material.
1: that that's where we're going with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys
1: laughing at the Daniel dossier? Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> 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 well, let's talk a little bit about surveillance before we get into segments. Um, I think like something else that I was, I was really struck by just the one when Philip and Elizabeth just walk away after they have set off this bomb in the hotel and they just like walk out the back door, like through the basement and no one is even there. And then also when they walk into the bomb makers' like or the explosive expert um, his house and he's got this like surveillance camera there was something about they were surprised by it right they were surprised by the fact that he has the picture and then that picture becomes like deeply important to like the the purchase that they get in this mission even if they're even if they like ultimately say it's a failure so just think like the the, the presence of surveillance in this episode and, like, technologies of surveillance, but also um, the sort of the absence of surveillance, like, in these moments where we would expect it to be, like, in the hotel somewhere, is just doing a lot of interesting work. So I was wondering what you all thought about that.
2: In the 80s, like, putting a wig on was, like, enough to throw <laughs> someone off that you, like, <laughs> were in the same person, you know, like it will come up, I think, in the future, but, like, Clark wearing glasses is, like, a huge thing, and you're, like, wait, they're just glad, like, this is not, <laughs> isn't there, like, you can't, you, like, there's, like, facial recognition, like, but it's not, like, that. Like, yeah, yeah. That, like, yeah. That, that was enough. Like, you think about, like, living in New York and that there's so many cameras, you can be literally filmed for most of your day, mm-hmm. and that they can just walk out of a hotel that they have just blown up and, <laughs> and no one even like thinks that there's a way to like catch the people that were just there. And like, I think in the very beginning too, I think it's the first episode where they just like change the license plate on the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that's also
1: enough. <laughs> um, Well, it's like literally the plot point of the of the last James Bond movie. Someone's developed technology that like reads your specific DNA to Mm -hmm. like put poison in the air that only affects you Mm -hmm. or like your or like your descendants. And so, so like it's sort of the exact opposite of what's going on right now.
0: It's another kind of only in the eighties could this show happen sort of moment, right? For that reason, much like you know, like the trope is that so much of TV couldn't exist in the present because of cell phones, right? And this is just another one of those. But like, then by contrast, like that's a trope or whatever. But it also points out to what you just said, Caitlin, how much we are actually, in fact, being surveilled constantly all the time. Super exciting, right? I'm sure. I'm sure (laughs) ZenCaster is banking our facial recognition.
1: Yeah,
2: for As sure.
0: Speak.
1: Exactly. My exactly. dog is surveillance.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Winston always- is the perfect like surveillance monster, though. He's always <laughs> watching. He has people eyes. He does have people eyes. Yeah. It he's also feels weird, though, and- that the safe house that they're hiding the uh, scientists in doesn't have good enough surveillance to see that this assassin has been watching their shift change from not that far away, just oh, yeah. like on a
0: hill above in, the house in like, a broad in a beige
1: trench coat, like in broad daylight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that also, but that also
2: speaks a little bit to our our point before about the like police, cop, FBI versus the spies, right? Like these FBI agents think like we're here, like, we're, we'll are protect anyone that tries to get in the house, and not thinking, like, someone is going to try to assassinate this scientist for, like, this bigger reason. Like, they're going to use something different. They're not just going to try to, like, come in, and you're going to, like, be here to stop them. Or they will, and
3: they'll kill them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Yeah. Like... Well, and like this is the first episode I think where like both the FBI and the KGB are like on the same side ostensibly mm-hmm. right like we are used to them being pitted against each other. They have the same goal here and it's it's interesting, right They both want to stop this dude. They both don't want the scientists to be blown up. Um, and so it's interesting that in that case where they it's it's ostensibly like, two full arsenals of people that could be doing the surveillance, like, they still are not able to do so, right? They, they're still not strong enough, like, to catch this dude from, like, slipping between the cracks. Excellent yeah.
2: point.
3: They're not, like, sophisticated.
2: No, and, like, well, you just think about how... I just feel like you think about how Philip and Elizabeth, right? They blow up this... They, they attempt to blow up the scientist's car so yeah. that... But but do it in a way that he'll then alert their authorities, so they will then surveil him. And the FBI is like, we're just going to put bodies here. Yeah, you know, I'm- like, and they they like don't think like that. There's that they could come in, you know, like that
1: that they could be compromised at all. Like they're just like we're here, we we are going to protect you. Well, and like this is something that we've touched on before, but I think it comes out of what you're saying too, Kate, is like there there's like a a toxic masculinity aspect of this, and I feel like gad the who's like the FBI head. Um, is the the like most egregious version of this. And he's like, we will not let this stand. <laughs> like, Except for yeah. Chris
0: Amador, who wants to be like, well, why don't we just go bomb the shit out of them? That's the proper answer <laughs> to this, which is his solution frequently um, in these episodes. But I feel like
2: it's why honeypots work so much. And I feel like they come up a lot. But yeah. like that's like, in this episode. like, yeah.
0: And that there's a paralleling of... Stan, question marks, as Honeypot and (laughs) (laughs) Philip slash Millard as Honeypot. Uh, Right? So, like, Stan and Philip are made to be kind of morally comparable to one another and, like, even there's a cut immediately from uh, Philip and Martha, right, to Stan and Nina, right? So there's even, like, structurally in the episode there inviting that comparison.
1: Well, and also, right, like, the, with Stan and Nina we clearly see that, like, Stan has feelings for Nina and, and like that that is complicating things. And I think in this episode we sort of interestingly see like the feelings part with Philip and um sort of like pulling away, right? Like Clark is recoiling when he sees Elizabeth's necklace and he also like forces himself to give a smile when she's like, "Right, honey?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh god." <laughs> 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 so there's like parallel relationships but like moving in, in different directions wait were Clark and Elizabeth together at some point is that why he's recording Clark is Tor. Philip Tor. Is he, what?
2: <laughs> what wait What? Becky was. doesn't hasn't seen pictures of either. Of them, but. I've seen. I looked them up. Yes, <laughs> yes, but as
1: Clark. <laughs> okay, so hey, I'd like wait, back, look to add to Caitlin's up. point of just putting a wig on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <my laughs> yeah, it would have worked oh. on Tori. It would have. She it would is have. working. <laughs> 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 I. Yeah. That yeah. wait, that is <laughs> truly
3: wild to me. He has a wig Why? on too. Do yeah. I mean, but so wait, then I would say <laughs> he looks different.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like only different person. I thought it was just someone else wearing a wig. I thought no, uh, no it's, okay, it's a completely different person. Uh, he doesn't quite look like Zach Braff in those. <laughs> no, he kind of looks like um,
0: he has like one further degree of separation from Zach Braff. Yeah. I guess. yeah,
1: he gets further away. I am fully shocked. Why doesn't Elizabeth have an issue with him sleeping with? It's for the mission, Martha.
2: Um, and Martha doesn't Martha. know
1: that he's
0: Clark
3: and Philip.
2: No, no, no. Right. Martha yeah. is hook, line, and sinker. She's. Sleeping with Clark. Well, that's Infatuated why he's saturated with Clark. That's why he's like, yeah. I gotta keep
1: my glasses on. I can't
2: see you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely wild.
3: <laughs> Absolutely wild. Okay, well, it must feels- have been hard too for the spies, though, to like, this is a very not sophisticated way to run missions. And be like, hold on, let me get my glasses on
0: because that's when I'm quark. and I have to
3: well, it's to be gonna Clark with my glasses on. That it comes up. Yeah, I bet you it gets confusing.
0: It sure does, and sure will.
1: Yeah. Okay, this feels like Stay a tuned. great place to to transmission to to transition, not transmission. <laughs> Stay tuned. Becky didn't watch the
3: episode. But still <laughs> I have some really good hot takes.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, this feels like a good place to transition to uh, some of our segments. So our first segment is Borrowed Nostalgia for the Unremembered 80s. Do any of you... This apparently is a reference to something. I have no idea. And I told John I wasn't going to look it up and we were going to let people guess. So do you guys have any guesses as to what this is a reference to?
0: The name of the segment.
1: Oh, I was like, "What
3: are we talking about?" <laughs> uh,
0: you can Google eventually, but you can never tell Danielle. Yeah,
3: I'm committed. Do to not tell her. Are you like, what if we guess right?
0: Do you say that? Well that's If you right? guess right, then if, it's if fine. you guess right, yeah, yeah, then.
3: And then you change the segment
0: name.
1: It's an '80s reference. No. Oh, my <laughs> mind. Am- like
0: a guessing game.
1: Oh. I might as I'm just, I've
0: as I've explained to Danielle and Amy before, it's a hipster bullshit reference. Is actually the most way to oh. best way to frame oh. it. I feel
1: it's like like going to, to uh, the name of like a VH1 segment, <laughs> but
0: it's a good guess.
1: Now I know that's not right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The mystery continues. Like a bar
1: in Williamsburg?
3: It could that. be a
0: bar name in Williamsburg that I would have gone to when I lived in New York City, but alas, <laughs> I feel of, like Williamsburg wasn't
3: hipster in the 80s. No. Well, no. But John doesn't live in
0: Williamsburg in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, a, as a fetus, I was frequenting the... Like there
1: weren't hipsters in the 80s either. No, the hipsters are trying to be the 80s now. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So the first thing we've got in here is like, all right. The first thing we've got in here is turtlenecks. Like, this is just a segment where we talk about like the aggressive I hate 80s turtlenecks. And
3: I wear Same. turtlenecks.
1: I like a turtleneck. <laughs> I feel I like, a, like turtleneck a turtleneck is turtleneck. suffocating. Yep. Nope. yep. But turtlenecks, I wear turtlenecks do feel like the 80s. Well, especially, not turtlenecks today, but especially turtlenecks like we saw with Clark and now who I know is Philip, where it is <laughs> very much tight to his neck. Like, that is an 80s turtleneck. Now they're, like, looser, more, like, just more stylish. But the turtleneck that's, like, fully on your neck is aggressive. Yeah. Well,
2: and that, like, folds down. Like,
1: I, like I for the like underneath. Have... I hate a turtleneck. Kate, I feel like we had turtlenecks when we had vests. Like vests and turtlenecks yeah. feel like a thing that happened together isn't, for us.
2: Isn't that? No, I, really I'm pretty sure my like second like. grade picture was me in a turtleneck and a
3: vest. I think and then probably me, I, my second grade picture <laughs> was me in that exact same
1: outfit.
3: <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> and Tori, like. a slightly different color. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we were twins. I, I, feel like, I wear turtlenecks. Me too. And I also wear a vest. <laughs> I wear a vest. I feel like turtlenecks are more like 90s, no? No, I don't. I feel think like so. monochrome,
1: like beige turtlenecks.
0: Yeah, it's the beige feel turtleneck. Like is- yeah. yeah,
1: okay. And,
0: and it's not Elizabeth- a mock
1: neck. It's a, a, fold. a, fold, like- a fold over yeah. turtleneck.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Elizabeth also had a turtleneck on. She had an ar- like actually a very stylish Argyle turtleneck on for dinner yeah. at the Demons.
2: Elizabeth's style in the show is, like, I feel not like it's, like, 80s. not quite <laughs> 80s. No, her-
1: I actually thought that because I feel like Elizabeth does not look of the era that I found out this show was in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kerry Russell looks too modern. Uh, my mm-hmm. first reaction when we, f- the first episode we recorded, I was like, her hair does not look like the 80s. No. Yeah, it's too too, too well done. John helpfully pointed out that in order to, like, put the wigs on, it has to be, like, straight, like, right? Like, that that's a part of it. But Mm. Carrie Russell has such amazing curly hair, which would really do well in the 80s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like to Carrie Russell's, like, hair not looking like the 80s, they just went full steam ahead with Martha's hair, looking very much <laughs> like the 80s. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. yeah. what we, That's
0: a
1: great one. What we can't do to Kerry Russell, we will make up with this other <laughs> With Martha.
0: And every single one of Elizabeth's disguises are infinitely more 80s yeah. than yeah. Elizabeth herself Even is. that, yeah.
1: like, the weird, like, pixie haircut, which we've seen on her a couple of times, like,
0: that was, like, very aggressively 80s. Right. It's not 90s or aughts or 2010s pixie haircut. It is. Do
3: they have, like, a room in their house where they have all their disguises?
0: Wonderful question. Danielle has many thoughts about this.
1: They do have like, a room. Do they have a room? Yeah. They, they're, like, it's, like, in the laundry room they have, like, a whole, like... In the basement. basement. In the basement. Yeah. Um, Our laundry room is also in the basement so that's why. Um, They have, like, a whole, like... Closet in the wall that's hidden with all of their uh, yeah. stuff, but I'm like one of the big one of the big theories that I have. And Kate, if this is correct, don't tell me. Um, and if it's okay.
0: incorrect, also don't say yeah.
1: anything. Okay. Well, no <laughs> commenter. One of the theories I have in Danielle Dossier is like the kids one million percent know what's up, and so like if mom and dad had like a hidden. Like compartment of wigs and dresses, guns and passports, guns. money. We would have found it. Like currencies. we would know that that existed. And I these think kids, how like, many times have know. you been
2: in the closets downstairs in Dad's office? How many? Do you know what's in there? <laughs> I think there right was now, a dead bird in there at one point. Did you, you know, know that? <laughs> I think it's important
1: <laughs> to know. Like no, I don't agree with or this metaphor that our but parents were, but when, but if you were a kid. Hang on. Did you go in there as (laughs) a kid? Rebecca, as children, (laughs) we, we had parents (laughs) that hid the Christmas presents in the only armoire in their bedroom <laughs> that we all hung out in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, our parents are not spies. No.
3: <laughs> also, no. I feel like if in our hometown, if our parents had wigs and different outfits, <laughs> we would think they were swingers like the rest <laughs> of the
4: town. It's a great so, It's a really
3: oh, no. The oh my god! I think the this gun, point would we give it away? puts
0: Becky in the lead. <laughs> For <laughs> who gets a future American yes, podcast?
3: But
2: that brings up a Even so, lots Are of they, Adirondack chairs in the front of the house. in our neighborhood.
3: Which does wait. that mean that they're swingers? If oh. they have, if so wait, no, have no Adirondack been? chairs in the
4: front of the
1: house, that is a known fact. I'll send you. The I article. didn't know that. It's but all we've I have had about. like multiple family discussions about this. I yes.
3: don't think I was in California for that. No, they I mean, definitely have been in That's what I'm saying. There's yeah. Adirondack if chairs. There's
2: a pair of Adirondack chairs outside in the front of the Just drive through the L's. There was like a
4: lot of Adirondack that,
2: chairs.
1: Who <laughs> <But laughs> I mean, like, don't know. Where, who is like, also, you, know you know what he, it is? The Adirondack chairs. How many times do you see people sitting in those Adirondack chairs? They're not for hanging out,
3: they're <laughs> a calling <Yeah>. card. <laughs> Now what? I'm like very <laughs> shook by it, so I'm really <laughs> sure by This is this is a changer for me. <laughs> for what? What? Are you... I'm gonna now be observing. Yeah, we'll be it's, all Trump Trump it's all I love. You. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll see them, especially and also, also like how many of my friends' parents like had Adirondack chairs. They Wait. go to key parties.
1: But I actually now have a question about the room in, in Elizabeth and Philip's house. Okay. And them changing into their disguises. Yeah. If they're changing into their disguises in their own home, are their neighbors not seeing them come out with Neither. different wigs? They don't have or, Did you
2: know that their neighbors are, is Stan? Stan lives next door to them?
0: Yeah, no. across they are across the street. <laughs> across yeah. the street. Well, that makes sense totally. why they
1: had dinner. I was also yes, wondering how they are friends true. with this man. It's yeah. <laughs> a very strategic friendship for them, but I also didn't know that they were on the other side of the
3: the line. That, that they're
2: actually KGB. Yeah.
3: I That's a so good kind of that, question uh, though, yeah, like do they when they I mean obviously I didn't watch the episode, so when
4: they, when they walk this is out, my out of their answer
0: house. I answered in the episode, so
3: <laughs> yeah. when they walk out of their house, like in a wig, does no one No, they don't walk out of their house.
0: So they have, like, safe houses and garages and, like, storage lockers around the area. Yeah. So they take their shed, go to one of those, Mm. change, go do the mission. Why don't they just keep
3: the disguises at the safe house?
0: Don't know. Honestly,
3: a great question, Becky.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is a good question. (laughs)
3: Unrelated,
1: but I do have a question. Are those children theirs? Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. They are biologically their children. Yeah.
1: That seems wild. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's
2: like, but it's going back to the very beginning where we talked about, like, they embed in society. Like, it wasn't like they were like, oh, you're going to go spy for the next three months, like, get it together, like, change all this information about you. It was like, no, they, like, were in it for the long game.
3: Yeah. When did they move to the U.S.? Because they didn't look, from the opening I watched, they didn't look that old. Right. So they, in the very beginning, you see,
2: but they, like, come as, like... Twenties. Yeah. yeah,
0: very early twenties. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh wow.
0: Yeah. And they've been training for like five years in the Soviet Union Just to come like, do it.
1: Seems like allowing your spies to have children seems like a wild thing to allow. Right, but we like. Can't,
0: we can't say any more about this right. just so we can't spoil Danielle about future developments. But,
1: like, I will say that. We
2: didn't even know Clark and Philip were the same
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: This
1: The disguise got her. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for Martha that I didn't have previously. <laughs> Stand with Martha. Stand with Martha. Why is Martha think. This- oh. <sighs> Martha's like a husband stinker I feel like kind of I person. know I know Martha's tough um okay so some so another one of this is like related a little bit to this is Something else that was like very eighties is like the dinner menu of the of the dinner party, like the me- beam and Jenny meatloaf and Brussels sprouts, like
0: and like potatoes are gratin, right? Like very cheesy, and uh, Henry makes a really bad cheesy joke. <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor
3: Henry, poor Henry, <laughs> poor Henry, eat meatloaf like today? You just they serve it at the hospital, meatloaf.
1: yeah? For like it's like an easy dinner for a lot of people. <laughs>
3: I feel like Dad like grew up on meatloaf. Yes, yeah, de- but Mom definitely essential American.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, put ketchup and on it's it,
0: Elizabeth. Yeah, with ketchup <laughs> on the top. Yeah, uh, and Elizabeth is the one who made the meatloaf, right? So like she's making the all-American meal.
1: Yeah, which is but like, isn't it?
2: One. But isn't it interesting when they come home when Philip comes home at first and he's like. Yeah, and you're bringing your famous meatloaf. Like this is how they do it in America. Like you're going to be the cook, like and the stay-at-home mom. Like I'm bringing not the my real, like cold assassin.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, also, I feel like like Matthews Walkman. Like I, I had fuzzy. that Walkman. Okay, do you remember my like yellow Walkman? Yes, I like took like, it everywhere with me. <laughs> And I feel like when the Discman came out, that was, like,
2: the same yellow sports Discman that had, like, skip protection. It was, like...
0: Skip protection. <laughs> it did not
1: work.
3: No. <laughs> Correct. It wasn't no. to a lot of Discman. When you would, like... Wouldn't you, like... And then you also had the headphones that were, like, the foam and they... Go. With the little wire, yeah. yeah, and they like extend for how big it yeah. is, and it
0: never worked, it gets stuck. It, like, yeah, yeah. I had more. And then you could, like, slip like, up, <laughs> up to the air. outside
3: and let people listen to your music.
0: Mm-hmm. No, you? what, what? Mm-hmm. okay, yeah. yeah, no, that's true. I've Becky
3: Becky Becky more friends have. than I did. Becky was I, I mean, um, Winston has more friends than you do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, not wrong uh, <laughs> John. I feel like you had some some like music stuff for the eighties oh, concept.
0: Uh, Pablo Cruz is put on by Martha for the date with Clark. And that's definitely a CD, my parents had. Mm -hmm. And then more importantly, the show ends with, uh, I've been (laughs) really into listening to like eighties goth rock. And so when the (laughs) as of this week and then the cure came on at the end of this episode for famous Americans montage, eighties, uh, moment so yeah the cure was here and i loved that song and do love that song
1: i like know that when i make goth rock is not my vibe
0: (laughs) that's a smart life choice
1: (laughs) Um. i I was laughing when you were like my parents had this it's like our parents had billy joel and uh (laughs) our parents had billy joel and jackson brown those are the records and joni mitchell
0: We also had Jackson Brown um, for sure. So, any of any of Danielle's sisters? How would you describe Danielle's current musical taste?
1: Oh no! Running a run. (laughs) Do you mean we're going to get to the sound of music? Do you mean just soundtracks from musicals? Yes, Yes, exclusively. Not even just. You're welcome. (laughs) I mean, I I was going to say. I was going to say like. (laughs)
2: Like
3: animated musical. Yeah, she listens yeah. exclusively to the Moana. Or, yeah. <laughs> or it's, it's It's exclusively. I'm, that's better
1: than when you would get into a car with Danielle and she's like, Well, what if we just listen to like Israeli rap? And it's like <laughs> and we put on Moana, I would actually yeah.
3: prefer to hear Dwayne The Rock Johnson
1: sitting <laughs> <laughs>
3: i also like when i was growing up i didn't appreciate your guys's like whole metallica phase it was i didn't Good like phase. it it was too it was loud and,
2: and i only listen i listened to it when because it came out with the soundtrack with the soundtrack but it came out <laughs> SM, with, the symphony uh, yeah with the symphony and the like older guys on the swim team listen to it. So it was like not exactly a, I enjoy this. It was like to be cool. Yeah. What we enjoyed
1: was the red hot chili peppers and then we stopped enjoying Californication. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have we told this story on the podcast?
3: I still love Californication.
1: Kate, do you want to tell the Californication story (laughs) for John? Oh, well... (laughs)
0: Slash our millions of listeners.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe including (laughs) Barack Obama, you know. I don't know why you sell yourself short. Um, So Danielle had a Jeep, and it had 33-inch tires. And one, I don't know how it happened, but the Californication Red Hot Chili Pepper CD got stuck and that was the only thing you could listen to. Couldn't get it out. We couldn't listen to the radio. There was like no option but to listen to it. And one time there were no cars left. And my grandpa, it was Sunday. He like needed to go to church. And <laughs> he was like, my mom was like, well, you can take, you know, Danielle's car. And so he rolled up to his Catholic Mass with Californication blasting out of a Jeep with thirty-three inch tires. It
1: also had no doors and no top on it. No
2: Yeah, no doors, no
3: top. And I don't know if
1: it was No, at that point I I feel like it was like winter or like or too cold to have no doors. It probably had the like canvas top on it. But it was
2: still <laughs>
0: Californication. Californication well, the the... Our
2: grandpa
1: <laughs> pulling
2: church. up to church in a lifted Jeep.
1: Also, like we know every single word to every single song on that album. And to this day, if they come on, we'll text each other like the oh. <laughs> Californication. Like
2: oh. when I was in when I was in college, the like this group of guys that we used to go to their, uh, apartment for like parties. And one of the things they always had on was a like red hot chili peppers live concert. And I was
3: like, it just keeps coming back. Like, <laughs> <can't sighs> escape it. I'll take that over the Moana sound. That, so. yeah.
1: Okay. Well, all right. Let's get into minor character of the week. So, John and I have a pick for this, but do you guys have a pick for Minor Character of the Week? I found out that he wasn't a minor character, but Chris... I didn't like Chris's vibe, and I felt like he got a lot of screen time for him not saying a lot of things, but just some broody <sighs> looks, a lot of mm. fist-clenching <laughs> in a very masculine, gross way. Yeah. Um, so, I, he was my vote, but I found out he is, in fact, not minor.
0: On this episode alone, that's a wonderful decision
1: we support it yeah the the sex worker was like definitely on my list as one of the potential minor characters but i feel like this episode actually doesn't have a lot of minor characters like everyone's sort of like not necessarily major but recurring at least um but i think for for me it ended up being the explosives expert and really like the explosive expert and his daughter when the like Eleven-year-old daughter comes out with the gun. I was just like, "Whoa!" I was not expecting that one. <laughs> I liked when she was like, "Do I look like a little girl?" It's like, "Yeah, yes, yes. you are a because <laughs> just, just You are holding to the answer? shotgun. Does not. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, John. What about you?
0: I think it's. I think it's the uh, weapons expert and, and his daughter has got to be our minor character of the week.
1: Yeah yeah
0: let's let's turn to the Daniel dossier danielle and this this picks up on uh on Tori's observation about Chris Amador. why is he watching Martha at the end of the episode do you think
1: okay so just like for a little bit of background, I think Amador is like a Russian agent. I think that he's actually like a Russian spy. That's my theory this whole season and so on the one hand, right like the simple reading is, like, he's just in love with Martha, and, like, he wants her back and whatever. But I think the, like, conspiracy theory reading is um he, this is, it's related to, like, whatever his mission is from the Russians. I would believe that. I, I think that the camera spends a little bit too much time on him, and especially his... Like there are minor movements that he does. Like he's like touching his ring a lot and it seems to have a lot of importance and like could be read as having some tie to whatever his mission is. I, I could believe that. I also think seems like rejecting a man in the eighties. Was always going to end up with him following you
3: home. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. Yeah, I feel like that that tracks.
0: Danielle, other theories. Do you have any theories about? Uh, so Nina tells Stan, "I can't lie to everybody." Uh, is she?
1: I mean, mark? yeah, like she's got to be lying to him. I, like as Tori brought up, like Stan is way below like like Nina's pay grade. You know, like. <laughs> all of these men are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think like I can't lie to everyone well, she isn't it easier to just lie to everyone, right? Like than it is to keep track of what's the truth and what's lying. So I do feel like she's lying to him. That seems like good father for the for the Danielle Dossier Mill.
0: Becky or Tori, anything to add? Caitlin is excluded as I am from this. I feel like uh,
3: if you segment. say I can't lie to everyone, that means you're lying to everyone. Yeah. I also just like, think, I think like, if you have to say that, it's yeah. pretty standard that that's a lie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And I think that
3: Sam's probably not like
1: clever or seeing clearly enough to know that that's a lie and like see the the like meaning behind it. I also think if her game is as she's being held sort of in this relationship with him having this like legal power over her, her uh, going full front, uh, full force into love me. This is more than that sort of relationship and kind of getting him to trust her even more that just furthers her, her like point and her position
3: yeah maybe I she thinks he'll like if they are closer, he'll help her get out of the situation, yeah, or like if he but she that he doesn't hold any power, so but then she can
1: she can like if he loves her enough or if he like feels whatever for her, she can flip the power dynamic, and then mm-hmm. instead of him using her as an asset, she can use him as an asset because she's now got this promotion. She's working her way up, and like she probably can see that he could be an asset to her in giving her information on like the feds. Yeah, I fully agree with that. And I think that that's where we're going. So.
0: All right. As always, strong no comment from me, which brings <laughs> us to our our segment. Um, and we're still going to disagree on where the name of this came from. It's called Gloss, which is our other random observation segment, which can only start in one place. And that is that Clark is supposed to be a sex god. And why is that?
1: I just think that Clark and now knowing that Clark is Philip, I have a note that says like (laughs) I have a note from watching the episode that says none of these men so Philip, Clark and Stan they're all very interesting choices as like the sex appeal option for the show it feels like the casting director was like, Well, we have these people. They're signed on. <laughs> <laughs> but we need someone to like dollar stores that craft. I
0: I do feel the need to interject on behalf of Matthew Reese, who gets a glow up in later seasons of this show, I wanna
1: I will, I will trust you on that. As Clark? Lover.
0: As <laughs> Philip. Clark, does, okay, so Clark never gets bottom the glow of up. Of
3: the barrel. Okay. Yes,
0: Clark never glows up. <laughs> Stan never glows up. Uh, Philip Jennings does glow up. I can, this I is Philip. I cool.
3: Yeah, that makes okay. sense.
1: <laughs> I have a note from the first scene of Clark and Martha. And first of all, I had a note that was like, I did not know that FX was this explicit and scandalous in their content. But also... The, the like after scene where Martha is just like absolutely enthralled. And I was like, Clark does not look like he would be good in bed. And no, it is an no. interesting choice to try and get the viewer to really like support that, that, that notion that Clark is this sex god. Or also that like Martha is like so head over heels for him that it like blinds her judgment. <laughs> Right, like I mean, I mean, it does. I know she- that's, <laughs> but like it, that's like part of the. That's part of what is not believable for me. Like, I think that Matthew Reese, like as Philip, is is definitely the top of the three the three choices here. Yes, <laughs> yes. But when you compare him and couple him with Kerry Russell, you're out of your mind.
0: Well, do <laughs> I've do, seen them in real life? Everyone- Does everyone on the call know that they got together and got married as a result of playing these roles on this show?
2: Yes. That's like a huge. (laughs) Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I saw them at the immigration march in New York. Are they still together? Yeah. They have a kid together
1: and they have kids Mm -hmm. apart, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's all correct. Yeah.
1: Dory's having a hard time. (laughs) This is. Bigger news than finding out that Clark was (laughs) there. That is, it's insane to me. It's also insane, though, that Clark, the character Clark, like, is enough sex appeal that it like essentially forces Martha to become a homeland security risk. <laughs> she's quite literally the reason why I, as a federal government employee, have to take training on scanning documents.
0: Is It's so insidious because Martha volunteers but is co- like coerced to volunteer due to Clark's gigantic sex appeal apparently. <laughs> but, uh, no. to, like she, Volunteer she, to spy they, on her boss.
2: Yeah, but she some of it is like he kind of guides her and then she's oh, like, yeah. well, I can i can get that information for you
0: 100 um and also and the clark can't be a sex god there's like there's literally zero foreplay they literally go from the couch to having sex
1: he's wearing a turtleneck
0: (laughs) 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 also that Mm -hmm. also that
1: not only is he wearing a turtleneck but then he continues to wear that turtleneck (laughs) for dinner afterwards (laughs) absolutely foul (laughs) <laughs> when she's like honey and his whole body flinches. <laughs> okay, so we've uh, established that this is not believable. Cool. Um what about talking about the German assassin? I was saying to John before we before we started recording the and this isn't the German assassin, but in the in the scene where where Elizabeth and Philip have like planted the bomb. It's like they planted a bomb from like I don't know. Like Yogi Bear. It's like Jellystone Park. Duct well, taped around <laughs> like dynamite, dynamite. sticks. <laughs> yeah. So that
0: It's just it's just such a ridiculous uh carrying out of a task for these spies and what is it, they Emphasize a particularly ridiculous mission that the KGB sent this assassin and was like, "Oops, backseas, and go kill them for us." And that is just a very bizarre thing to have happened. And it's like one of my concerns about season one of the American and Danielle knows this. Our concern trolls is that just like too much random, too many random things happen way too quickly with no explanation. And this, I think, fits that. I kind feel like of, that, too like that there's that no
3: because like back to what we were saying around that surveillance. side. like there's no technology. I did watch a part where they were like. Okay, so there are 14 scientists that you have to protect, and we don't know what the assassin looks like. We don't know what who the assassin is, and, like, go. And there's no, like, technology or any information around... It's just, like, too random that, oh, all of a sudden, they now find the one scientist. They do a car bomb in a like half-assed way and then like now all of the fbi is going to protect all these scientists like that doesn't make any sense it's just it's too loosely put together it's also like just in general a wild concept of an
1: episode like you are hiring an assassin it feels like you need to be taking the like measure twice cut once approach like I
3: think also <laughs> what did explain.
0: they say? True Sean How did the was? <laughs> <through>. <laughs> like,
3: what they also said? Here? Like, what? Like the way to commune like the his like the way to communicate is not working. I'm like, what are we trying to do? <laughs> Dial call him. Also, like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: but I assassin. also there have been I also a don't plan. understand why do they need? I mean,
2: they literally have illegals like killing people all the time. Why are they hiring a German
1: assassin? Great question. A great question, Dave. That
2: they, they really care people? about, like, they care because they're like, if if this happens, then it's going to, like, cause, like, a bigger issue, and it's like, so we have to get him back, but, like, why did you hire a German guy? Why and did you also, just hire Carrie Russell? She's killing people all the time.
3: Yeah. And also, maybe, again, to Tori's point, like, shouldn't we have checked to make sure we really wanted to kill before we <laughs> right. sent uh, the assassin out? It also, maybe it's
0: yeah. maybe it's that the kgb knew that philip and elizabeth would be like this is a terrible idea and they would question it and not do it And so they had to like outsource it to this mm. uh to this german fellow
1: well and i think like one thing that it does and this is sort of like moving the plot along right but like one thing that it does give us is it gives us another moment where there's like something ridiculous that Elizabeth is like, yeah, we got to do it. And Philip's like, uh, this is dumb, which is like a major source of tension for them this entire, uh, this entire season. And so like back to the marital issues that they're having, we needed something to like inflame that. And only mm-hmm. something as stupid as this
0: could do so. Any other random observations that we haven't been able to discuss so far that anyone would like to, to bring to the, to the convo?
1: I- I did want to know if you guys as I mean, let's be honest, I don't know what you do, but as some something adjacent to philosophers, did you guys how'd you feel about that dig that the like head honcho FBI guy uh, was saying? He was like, are all of our things and maybe even a couple of philosophers will have to protect. I thought I was a dig at philosophers?
0: It sure was. I'm hurt. I'm hurt deeply, and I also would not have been included, even in the hypothetical scenario in which they were protecting the philosophers. Danielle maybe ranks high enough in the in the in the hierarchies that she could she could get the stuff.
3: I mean, they got to Protect not. the people studying crying. They got to. <laughs> How will we move? How on? will <laughs> we move on as a study <laughs> if we don't understand
2: crying? If we don't go all the way back to the Greeks? <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> that Becky even knew that I
3: worked on crying, so <laughs> I'll just... That I found out after you stormed out of the house when I asked if your uh thesis thesis <laughs> was on the uh, Arab-Israeli
1: conflict. Yes. I can't. Which... I found out it was about crying because I cry a lot and was not interviewed. <laughs> <That was great. laughs> Tori literally made herself a sweatshirt that talks about how much she cries. It's shocking. I'm not wearing it today.
0: Honestly, it I didn't really get the
1: wear black memo from <laughs> I everyone. Mean, I do feel like that's.
0: I already explained I was listening to 80s goth music uh, a little bit ago. <laughs> so, sense.
1: and have you ever seen me in anything but black? That's very true. It's very true. I guess it those- pink or pantser <laughs> it is the number one option as a, a a hanley uniform okay so let's move on to sororal conspiracy. our final segment
0: yeah it's called sororal conspiracy we're not doing the cave uh we're just throwing that out for today to we know the great sadness of all of danielle's siblings and we're going to do sororal conspiracy instead danielle do you explain that reference
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to explain that (laughs) reference. It is a a reference to a political theorist. It's a reference to the work of Bonnie Honig, who is interested in the relationship that sisters have between one another and, like, that as the grounding for politics. So this is uh, a chance for you guys to uh, tell some ridiculous stories about me or about us. Um, Yeah.
0: I've been promised a story about the sound of music, so we should start there.
3: Like, Tori,
1: like to that one's the, you. <laughs> yes, that is 100% me. I'd like to set the scene. We are, uh, mid, like, height of the pandemic. So it's the first year. We've been in the house for a while. Bedtime is roughly at, like, 6.30pm. We, uh, Danielle and I are living at home at our parents' house, and it's, like, hitting 6.30. Everyone's saying, like, alright, see you later. We're going to our respective places. In saying goodbye, we say, like, bye, so long, farewell, and it sparks a Sound of Music reference that is discussed because, also, you should know that the Hanleys very much love the Sound of Music. Our love brother me. watches it probably once a week. Like, it is a staple musical. It I watched it on Hanley. Friday
0: our listeners could see the disdain on Becky's face for discovering that fact after like, listening to it all day that. Thursday
3: absolutely Wait, wild toy, how, how old were you when you found out it was based on a real story 28
1: it was like last week. I did not know that it was based on a real story but so we, we are saying goodbye the reference comes up I am still talking to our parents and Danielle goes to put herself to sleep. And Danielle and I are living on the the top floor of the house. So there's a set of stairs. And I talk to our parents for like a couple more minutes and I come out to go upstairs and Danielle is standing on the stairs on her own. Nobody is around. And she is just singing and dancing (laughs) like so long, farewell, avidas and goodbye. And she's doing like, she's doing a step up. She's doing this (laughs) myself. And I come out and I'm like, what are you doing? What is happening? And it, it is quite literally the, the thing that lives rent free in my mind. So much so that I think about it probably on a weekly basis. I I was like Tor. Remember when I did that that like sound of music reenactment? <laughs> She's like, remember? I do not need to remember. Rent free.
0: So future Patreon back. exclusive is a, uh, a reenactment of this scene. And any I, yeah any other stories about Danielle that our listeners should know about in our few minutes remaining before the dogs need to go outside?
3: Danielle used to eat bologna. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah, that is absolutely true.
0: (laughs) How is Danielle in providing feedback on your essays?
2: Uh, Uh, Nobody gives her essays to... I still want. ...anymore because... (laughs) I gave her one essay to... So Danielle and I were one year apart in school. And I gave her one essay to read when i was a junior i think or a sophomore and she told me that my writing was very immature
0: i don't and remember that this, was
2: but it's the last essay right. i <laughs> ever gave her <laughs> to edit of mine
1: yeah i, I used to and give Tori, her on the other hand
3: go ahead i used to give her my papers at stanford and she would and she was living in israel at the time and i'd be like This is due tomorrow at 9 a.m. I need you to rewrite it and send it back to me. And she would send... One time she sent me an email. uh, Like a lot of times she cursed me out. But one time she sent me an email and she told me, I will not edit this paper until it's out of size 14 font. And or size 14, and Arial font, put it in Times New Roman and send it back to me. (laughs) <laughs> which I found rude because it's like you could also have just done that. You didn't need to send me that email. You could have just edited it yourself. So this she is, wasted a little bit of time, but
1: it's okay. This is why I make my students do peer review so that I don't yeah. have to like deal with this nonsense. I think it's also just very important to know that whenever Danielle is arguing something and she is right or she has an accomplishment and she gets to to prove that she was right. Her her background is I'm very smart, very smart, very smart. Very smart. My and- <laughs> my I was like this is also during the pandemic we were like sitting watching Jeopardy and I was like getting all the answers because Jeopardy's like not hard anymore. And okay. my <laughs> mom, and my brother, <laughs> pretentious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. My mom, my right. my brother's like, oh my god, and I'm just like, I'm very smart. <laughs> That's it. I'll stop. That's it. That's all hey, I need. Listen, I can admit that most of the people on this call are better than me at Wordle.
2: Yes. Tori and I are killing the getting Wordle. Becky's
1: not.
3: <laughs> there are so many yesterday's? words, and I just, I freeze up, and every time I think it's going to be, like, a uh, translation from Italian to English, and then it's chair. And I just, <laughs>
0: like... So you're I,
3: too smart for Wordle, is, I think. No. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I also, just I don't know any other languages, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I'm really bad at Wordle. Tori, I sometimes have to have Tori tell me the first letter. Oh,
1: he also uses the first, the starting word that I use because she was like, "What do
3: you use? I'm going to use yeah. that now." I'm going to. And go then I know if Tori gets it in three that I should use tries, which yeah. is the word. That's, that is and what like, twa- I gets I it. if my mom gets it, then I use audio because I know mom. that that's her word.
1: <laughs> I don't have a word that I start with. I just like use whatever. Which is
2: Me literally too. insane. I, I use a different word every time. Yeah, same.
1: <laughs> Danielle the other day. How do you even think of that first
2: word?
1: <laughs> Danielle the other day started Wordle with the word lamps. Which is objectively a bad word to start with. It's insane.
2: Letters Letters are not frequent enough in words. And also you're getting anything wrong. You need the vowels. Yeah. You only start with one vowel. And S is really the only other letter that you're getting.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Out of here.
3: All right. What other Danielle stories?
1: Oh, yeah. Other Danielle stories. Or do you want to do some pitches for us?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh. I'd like to pitch. All right, let's do pitches. Tori, would you like to start? start? She prepared this.
1: (laughs) I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to describe the show to you, and I think that it will win you guys over. We've got... This show has drama, suspense, dynasties, and nepotism, tension, both aggression-based and sexual tension... Is this 90 Four Day Fiance? Affairs, like <laughs> Foreign Affairs, A David and Goliath power struggle, and death. Doesn't that sound I'm, like a show you want to watch?
0: I know where this is I think I know where this is going and I am into this idea.
1: John, do you know what show I'm describing?
0: Are are you suggesting we should discuss the show's Succession on Not Quite Great Books? <laughs>
1: no. No
2: I oh, no. don't or... Are you describing Are you describing Drive to Survive? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am describing the Netflix show that is a reality based show about F1 driving. I didn't know it was reality. It's so good. I highly recommend it. So think. NASCAR, but don't think no, gross thank like you. NASCAR,
2: Think <laughs> exactly. champagne
1: NASCAR.
0: Yes. It's like Euro NASCAR yes, is it's, my it's yes,
1: upscale. They probably With played upscale. squash in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. These people, Danielle, one of them is married to Ginger Spice. Yes, okay, she, <laughs> she frequents the show. Is Cody Rigsby also on the show? <laughs> no, but um, no, Serena Williams, did we ever find out who the
3: have been showed? Oh yes, Lewis Hamilton is friends with the Kardashians. Yeah, I did know that, and the Hadids. Okay. Well, of course.
0: I'm open to this. I'm open to a one episode. Amazing, yeah, it's good. Dip. I
3: think
1: you. Yeah. I think you guys should give it a try. That's all I need. Okay. All right. Okay.
3: Other pitches. <clears throat> Okay, I was thinking about this all episode as I was being quiet, not because I didn't listen or watch the episode, but more because I just really wanted to nail the pitch. Okay, so this show is about a family, multiple families in one, and it is about love, child-rearing, Um, we've got some multi-level marketing schemes that happen, um, and it's really about the fight to survive and to be unique and authentic in today's world. And, uh, we don't shame them for their lifestyle, but you really get to know the entire, the entire family. And, you know, it's, it's all about women empowerment. Like I'm not watching Sister Wives, okay? Like get out <laughs> <that. laughs>
1: <laughs> She knew. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Absolutely not. Immediately. Immediately. Especially the multi-level marketing. It's I was so like, so good.
3: It's so good. And it's now so one good. of the wives is leaving, and it's not the one you think that should leave, and it's just. I mean, Tori and, and I she, are. She's heavily involved in an MLM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's very involved in. Allegedly, just in case she listens to this podcast, <laughs> We saw it on her Instagram. It's an MLM, but she is. <laughs> yes. Okay, Caitlin, Michelle.
1: Oh, I do have a show.
2: This is a show that 100% got me through the pandemic. I work at a hospital, so I needed a good show. Um, it's a reality show that takes place in Japan. And it's about, you know, real people living in a house together and and seeing what happens. However, there's a group of comedians and, like, famous Japanese people who comment on what happens in the house. And it's called Terrace House. And it's amazing. I didn't know that was a reality show. Yeah. It's three girls and three guys get put in a house together. <laughs> I thought it was like... Like real world. Were telling you were watching It's Carousel? like a very polite real world. Aren't there like... Where if they have a conflict, the they sit around the table and they discuss the conflict and there are things that happen like somebody eats somebody's meat. And they have to figure out what they're going to do next. Was and it baloney? There's also... There's also no. No, no. And there's also somebody wants to take someone on a date and they go to Costco. Like, on the date? <laughs> yeah. Honestly? And then the comedians it, like talk about... It's very buy that, It's a very... That i buy. <laughs> That I would be it in is, for a date at Costco. There's like there's like 50 episodes a season it's fantastic highly recommend when you
3: told me that you were watching terrace house during the pandemic i thought it was like a beautifully like historical show about japanese culture it's not okay this changes
1: (laughs) things like maybe becky's in (laughs)
3: Yeah, like she during, does during the pandemic after when everybody else in the world like learned how to cook bread, bake bread, and knit. I watched every single season of Ninety Day Fiance. I
2: believe it. I think we're watching it again.
1: Yeah,
3: no, they're good.
4: <laughs>
3: I've been trying
1: to pitch John on watching the challenge.
3: No hmm don't worry john she listens that. to a podcast about it
1: <laughs>
3: you can also you listen to the podcast if you don't
1: want to watch the show yeah yeah <laughs> i do listen to a podcast <laughs> about it
0: I'm, i may watch an episode of the challenge for this podcast i will be listening to zero other podcasts about the challenge, i actually like i don't be actually know what's sadder
3: is one you watch the show Two that you listen to a pod- but the people that record the podcast on the challenge it's that one was pretty low for me. Johnny Bananas. Was, who on who was on the challenge. The challenge. Is it Ms.
1: Right? No, no, it's oh, close. Wow. Johnny Bananas. Johnny Bananas. That's a deep cut. Johnny
3: Bananas was on the challenge, isn't he? On uh what's that other show where the Jackass? No,
4: no, that's Johnny that's Johnny Max. Nux. <laughs>
3: Oh, different, different Johnny. different Johnny's. Different <laughs> Don't you also have dumb a dumb
2: Johnny
1: from Johnny Bananas merch team? I, I do. Know. I have a sweatshirt. And that's, that's all we need to know. Tracks.
0: That's not <laughs> that's right.
1: True. All right. Well, this has been a nice. Quite,
0: quite the sororal conspiracy. Yeah, Soral
1: conspiracy to take down Danielle's uh, likes. <laughs> Seems right. <laughs> seems right or is it or is it to
3: rightfully humble you
1: i did text my whole family yesterday saying that i was humbled by the word yes uh, on wordle yesterday because i didn't know what it. i didn't even
3: do it i didn't even try (laughs) that's right if you couldn't get it it was a no from rebecca (laughs) what was the word epoxy epoxy i got it in i got it in three
1: i didn't know it was a word
3: I would not have really? known it's a word. Yeah. Although the amount of times that the wordle is like, that's not a word. That's not a word. <laughs> I, well that, I, got, I got
1: EPO after it was on my second try. I got EPO and then it was like, that's not a word. That's not a word. I was like, what is the three, like two letters after that, that could be together? It was rough. So I texted, I, I've i been humbled. <laughs> my dad reacted. That that, that <laughs> reaction alone is weird and surprising. So <laughs> anyway, this feels like a good place to wrap things up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first of all, thank you guys for being here for some, I think, semi-successful pitches. I feel like... We might watch some of those shows. We're definitely not watching Sister
0: Wives. Um, I mean, but, like, okay. I'll agree. I'll I consent to that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's
1: see. Um, and some, you know, just general great Hanley family
0: stories. <laughs> Wonderful. I've learned so much about so many things today.
3: Mainly that Danielle eats bologna. <laughs> yeah.
0: That yeah. number one. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. No doubt. Um,
1: well,. Next week, we've got Season 1, Episode 9, which is entitled Safe House. And we always want to say thanks to our guests, Caitlin, Becky, and Tori Hanley. But also, thanks to producer Amy. And we'll see you next time on Not Quite Great Books.
0: A TV podcast. For joining us on another episode of Not Quite Great Books, a TV podcast which is created by Daniel Hanley and John McMahon, and indirectly, producer Amy. You can find us on Twitter at NotGreatBooksTV. You can email us at NotGreatBooksTV at gmail.com. If you have comments or questions that we might potentially read and respond to on air, subscribe, download, rate, review us, tell your friends to find us at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. We would like to thank Les FM for Electro Trend 60s, which is the music that you heard at the beginning and you are hearing right now. Until next time go play some racquetball hello and welcome to the not quite great books oh, God, i fucked that up okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've done
4: this before